it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we have been trying for almost six years now to explain the complexity of who we are as human beings. So we are physical in nature, obviously. We are spiritual, we are emotional, and we are intellectual. And keeping all of this in balance is what makes it a little more complicated because you can be in wonderful physical condition and maybe emotionally not where you wanna be. And so your life is out of balance. Or if you don't have the physical part of your life together, as our guest is going to explain in a few minutes, then the rest of your life can be very difficult to balance out and have it work to give you your best life. So um, Jan Sebo is going to join us in just a couple of seconds here. I wanna remind everybody that if you go to my website, which is synergyconnectionradio.com, there's about 400 shows there now on a variety of different topics. Each one of the shows has a synopsis. So you'll be able to see who the guest is and who or what we're discussing, you know, on that particular show. And some might be more attractive to you than others. So, you know, look around. There's, um, I believe, at last count, 25 pages of shows. And so you can just scroll down and maybe you'll find your favorite speaker or you're going to see a topic that you want to learn more about. So please check out that website. On the website, there is also a link to Boomer products. I've been using them for the last seven years. They are a sponsor of the show. And they're going to give you a 15% discount on anything you decide you want to order and try. So if you just put my first name, L-U-C-Y, into the discount box, then you'll receive that 15% discount. Um, I you know, do recommend uh, one particular product and I was sharing with Jan that I recently had a fall at the Tampa International Airport, uh, fracturing my left shoulder. So one of the things that is really critical as we get healthy from any condition, and in my case right now, it's from this fracture. So I'm probably a good two to four weeks ahead of most people, according to my doctors and my PT therapist, just because I was healthy to begin with when I fell. And one of the things that happens as we age is we lose muscle mass, which is what keeps us upright. So when I fell, I still had plenty of muscle, I think, which is probably how I kept from injuring myself further. Um, and the muscle mass is produced by a product that they have. It's only for boomers. It's out of Canada and it's called Gladiator Barley. And it's a sprout. It's not a grain. So people that are gluten intolerant can even use it. And gladiator barley takes toxins out of the body. It reduces inflammation and it rebuilds muscle. And by the time you're in your 60s and 70s, you have lost almost 30% of your muscle mass. And that's the reason people are afraid of falling because they can break hips. In my case, you know, when I went down, I did break the humerus bone. Uh, which is the top part of your, it's the main bone and the upper part of your arm. So um, I would just encourage people to go to their website, check out their products, check out Gladiator Barley. They do have a video that goes with that and see what you think, because once you lose your health, it's really hard to regain it. 
And um, it's just something that I think we all need to be more aware of. All right. So I'm coming back to Jan and Jan is a certified brain injury specialist. And she also has her master's degree in psychology. So we have that part in common. Um, she's a licensed attorney. I wish now I was a licensed attorney, but I'm not. And she's worked with individuals both clinically and legally who have suffered from traumatic brain injuries. And that's what our topic is today, is to go back in and look at what is a traumatic brain injury? How do people get them? And once you've been diagnosed, what do you do? So have I covered that pretty well for your introduction? Yeah, great, great job. Thank you for having me back again, Lucy. Oh, you're very welcome. And like I said, I, I kind of wish I was an attorney because I would certainly, um, you know, look into the fact that I fell and it wasn't anything that I did. I just went down. And so we don't know whether the floor was a little wet in that area or just what. But if I was an attorney, I'd be looking into this case um, since most uh, what I was sharing with you, most of your federal properties, state properties that are public, like airports and bus terminals and court buildings, if you fall in them, you're just kind of out of luck from what I'm being told because they are sovereign. And so you found that interesting because you didn't really know that. But, um, you know, with head injuries, my gosh, I could have had a head injury there. Um, I think people, you know, that I've, you know, worked with families where I've had to go to court for them in the past. And I've seen coffee spilled, soda spilled in courtroom buildings where the floors are, you know, marble. And I've seen people slip and fall. So um, this is very interesting that brain traumas can occur not just from car accidents or certainly from um, situations where maybe a uh, soldier, you know, has got an IUD that goes off. Um, accidents can occur any place at any time, right? Yeah, that's definitely true. And I'll be talking a little bit about that um, in a few minutes. But I do want to say as far as the lawsuit, yes, I didn't know what you were saying about the sovereign immunity in public buildings. But just in general, most of the lawsuits that I worked with, um, you know, people were doing nothing wrong. They were doing their job or whatever. And all of a sudden, maybe another car comes and, t you know, runs the red light and T-bones them. And it's just really sad how hard these people have to fight to get coverage for their injuries and how the opposing attorneys try to make them feel like they're faking or it was their fault. It's just really a sad situation. So um, I talked about my role as a TBI consultant on your last show. TBI is short for traumatic brain injury. And by the way, a concussion is a traumatic brain injury. I don't even use that word because I think it minimizes the severity of the injury. Mm -hmm. And again, you don't even have to hit your head or lose consciousness to sustain a TBI. Well, look at all of the athletes, you know, like whether they're playing football or hockey or a baseball hits them, even if they've got a helmet on, it can cause a TBI, right? Yeah. Um, and even a recent study showed that heading a soccer ball that's traveling at a high rate, rate of speed mm -hmm. can cause a brain injury. 
I'm, I'm glad there's a study finally proving that because it never seemed to make any sense to me why a person would want to hurt their head that way. But what I thought was really important in that study was that one of the researchers explained that the brain material is very soft and wobbly, similar to jello. And so when your head get your, your neck gets whiplashed, um, you know, your your brain slams back and forth because your brain does not take up the entire space within your skull. So your brain stretches, deforms, and jiggles like jello when subjected to sudden knocks. And it slams back and forth into the bony ridges inside of your skull, which causes the injury to the brain. Ah, so it doesn't have to be an external force that causes it. It would be just as likely that it could be internal. Exactly. And even if it is external, for example, in football, no matter how good they make helmets, they cannot prevent the brain from slamming back and forth mm -hmm. inside your skull. Mm -hmm. So my role as a TBI consultant is I, I wrote a book about it and I have a an online course for people uh, mostly TBI patients and their caregivers who want to know if the symptoms they're experiencing amount to a TBI diagnosis. I'm not a doctor and I can't diagnose anyone, but I do provide a symptom checklist where the reader or somebody watching my course can print out the checklist, check off their symptoms and take it to the appropriate doctor for uh, diagnosis and treatment. I have a question for you that kind of relates to that. So what if a child um, is injured and, you know, has a concussion and later in life, maybe they have a stroke? Is there any correlation that's been done with kids that have been injured maybe in, um, you know, whether it's football, uh, soccer, um, you know, something where maybe they got hurt. It might not be a car accident, but maybe they, you know, were playing a sport where they did suffer some TBI and they didn't even know it. And then later in life, all of a sudden they have many strokes or they have a stroke. Has there been any studies with that? Well, I don't know specific studies relating ch childhood injuries to strokes later on in life, but experts do say that having a TBI anytime in your life can cause you to be more susceptible to a stroke or dementia or things like that later in life. I don't know that there's any way to actually prove that the mm -hmm. earlier injury caused the stroke, but um, doctors and attorneys would look at things like how the child was before the accident and you would need school records and um, you know teachers' statements versus after the accident, you know, did their performance decline? Did their IQ score decline? But at this point, there's no way to definitively tie the two together, unfortunately. Wow. But recently, um, a few weeks ago, Haley Herbert, who is the wife of dancer Derek Huff, mm -hmm. they were dancing on stage in a performance and as usual, he was flipping her around mm -hmm. uh, like he does with his dance partners. And towards the end, she started feeling disoriented. 
and she was rushed to the hospital where they found that she had um, a burst blood vessel in her head. Oh. She was diagnosed with an intracranial hematoma and they had to remove part of her skull to relieve the pressure on her brain. And I think just recently she had the skull flap replaced. I haven't heard how that went, but um, in the news, they were saying that almost a year ago, she and Derek were involved in a car accident. I believe they slammed into a tree. And there's photos of her online where she had, you know, a big, her, one side of her face was all bruised. She had a couple lacerations above her eyebrow and on her forehead. And I'm just wondering if that set her brain up so that almost a year later, all the dancing and flipping around caused the, the brain, um, the blood vessel to burst. You know, I don't know if anyone knows that for sure, but. Um, it makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does. And uh, I think in September, a high school football player died a week after a game where he had a head injury. Um, I think he tried to go back in the game. I don't know, but, you know, it, it took a week for him to actually die. So, um I think you have to take any head injury seriously. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I think it was back in 2009, Natasha Richardson, who is Liam Neeson's wife or was, uh, she was taking a beginner ski lesson and fell. And she said, oh, I'm fine and didn't go to the hospital. And then several hours later had to be life flighted to a hospital. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, her husband was shown an x-ray and he said that it looked like her brain had been slammed against the side of her skull. Oh, wow. And she was pronounced brain dead and they had to remove her from life uh, support. So I think anytime you have an injury, you need to take it seriously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I believe I remember about that same time that Sonny Bono was um, skiing and hit a tree and died. Yeah, that's exactly right. Excuse me, I have a frog in my throat. <clears> throat> um, so it's not just football players. Um, although I think they had the most visible injuries. Um, and the thing about them, yeah, you hear about when one has a concussion on the field and they have to take them off. But the interesting thing was there is a study um, of high school football players who did not have full-blown concussions, they called them, but they documented that they received over 500 sub-concussive hits every season. Wow, that's a punch. <laughs> and those are the ones that they think are causing the CTE, which we're getting more and more evidence are being found in various different kinds of athletes, not just football players. Hmm. So, you know, well, there's hardly a single, I mean, I, other than water sports, I can't really think of too many sports that don't involve the potential at least of having uh, a concussion because you can be a bike racer if you fall off your bike. I mean, they've got helmets on, but still, right. um, so I don't know, horseback riding, um, polo. I mean, I can't think of very many 
that really don't involve the potentiality of having a head injury. Well, even in water sports, of course, with water polo, I think some of those guys get pretty um, rough, <laughs> but even like synchronized swimmers, uh -huh. you, for some reason, are underwater too long, that deprives your oxidant, oxygen, I'm sorry, deprives your brain of oxygen, and that's called an anoxic brain injury. So it's oh. not traumatic, but uh, it's it's still a brain injury. But you were just mentioning um, bike riding. I don't know if uh, you know singer Amy Grant. Yes. About a year ago, she was riding her bike wearing a helmet, and she had a pothole, and she had a brain injury. And I read an article that six months later, when she was getting a Kennedy Center Award, she said she still had to she still had problems with her memory. So during that event and during her concert, she had to read her lyrics off of a teleprompter. Oh, interesting. So I don't want people to think that they should, you know, walk around with bubble wrap wrapped around them, but just be careful out there. Yeah, seriously. Um, you know, it, it makes you so much more aware when something does happen. And I'm sure that this is true of people who've been in automobile accidents, it's now very true for me because as I'm walking, whether, I, I mean, I'm at the grocery store or whether I'm going out to eat, I'm so much more aware that people generally don't see you. Mm -hmm. you know, they, they, you're there, but they bump into you because they're busy thinking about something else or they're looking at their phone or they're in a hurry. And so they're distracted with whatever they're gonna go do. And um, so all of a sudden, I have become acutely aware that a lot of the people that are around me, strangers or otherwise, are not really seeing me. And, and I think that that's true with any kind of injury, you just become much more aware. But if you've had a brain trauma, even more so, because it involves so much more of who you are. Yeah, distraction is definitely a big problem. Um. You know, I'm finding more and more that because experts agree that traumatic brain injury remains a major global health problem with substantial impact on patients, their family, and society in general, there's been more consortiums and working groups among the government, the military, and other researchers to try to further idea identify causes and treatments for TBI, but there's still no consensus. So I gave a talk in New York in August called TBI, the silent epidemic. It's called a silent epidemic because so few people are aware of it, as opposed to COVID, for example, where, you know, it was on the news. Right. Day day. right. So that is really my mission at this point, um, to continue spreading the the word about TBI and to, you know, try to help people because in my experience working for a brain injury clinic, um, we didn't take insurance. So our rates were really high and our evaluations were full day. So most people could not afford our treatment. And so we were constantly turning people away who were, you know, pretty much crying, but I can't find anyone to help me. So that's why I wrote this book and, that's why I created this course. And I'm just really hoping that everybody becomes aware of the symptoms so they can look out for them 
and they can learn where to get treatment for them. So what are some of the basic symptoms that people should be aware of? Well, you'd be surprised at the really long list, mm. but the three that I tell people, because the list is so long, the three that I tell people to focus on are your memory. Most people, one of the first things they report is having problems with the short-term memory or the repeating themselves. Headaches, they have these headaches that won't go away. And there's actually a couple different kinds of headaches they can have after brain injury. It's not just migraines, although I've seen a lot of medical records where a doctor calls them migraines or just post-concussive headaches. But that doesn't help because each one has a different cause, so they have a different treatment. So you really need a doctor who can identify the difference and mood. A lot of people say that you know their personality has changed, they're depressed, they no longer like the to do the things that they used to like to do, uh, they're irritable, they don't want to be around people. So those are the three biggest ones to look out for, but there's, there's all kinds of other ones, you know, PTSD and vision problems and all that. So um, that's why I put out this really long symptom checklist. And, and when I used to actually work in the clinic and I would ask, go through the list and ask people, they're always surprised. Wow. Nobody's ever asked me that. And they did not themselves realize that that symptom was related to their head injury. Um, it would seem to me that a part of that is dependent on what part of the brain received the uh, trauma because each part of our brain controls something different. And of course, if it was down in the brain stem, I mean, that's where all of our basic skills are, breathing and digestion and everything else. But you have some that's speech oriented and some that are visual and some that are uh, memory. And so doesn't it play into that arena as well as looking at what it is that's going on as to where maybe the trauma was? Oh, it definitely does. And the problem with most TBIs are actually mild. And so many of those people never even go to the emergency room, so they never get diagnosed. Uh -huh. But if they eventually do go and have an MRI, it's probably going to be read by the radiologist as normal. There are different programs out there. The one I'm familiar with is called NeuroQuant, where you get a regular MRI, but you have to know ahead of time that you want to do a NeuroQuant analysis on it. They have to take some extra pictures or sequences, but it actually measures the different parts of the brain and compares them to normal control patients. Mm, okay. And that's something that even though the radiologist said their MRI was normal, this shows it actually was not and it can show which parts are shrinking. Parts of your brain, you have two, uh, just like you have two eyes, two ears, they should be relatively the same. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, you know, one side will be really big and one has, has shrunk. So um, that's called objective evidence of brain injury. You cannot fake brain volume changes. No, you certainly could not. So. And with that information, they are able to tie the uh, area of the injury to the different symptoms. And you talked about the brain stem. Uh, we had quite a few patients who had a type of stroke that it's not like a major stroke, um, or I'm sorry, seizure, where you know they flop their body and swallow their tongue and all, all that. It's it's called there's different names for it, but a partial complex seizure where the person 
is sitting there with their eyes open, but they're not responding. And if they get uh, an EEG, it's usually read as normal. For one thing, an EEG can only show a seizure if you have one while those little probes on are on your head. Mm-hmm. But also, um, the doctor for whom I work theorized that those probes don't reach down into the brainstem, and that's where he thinks some of these seizures are occurring. Oh, interesting. So this is really a complex um, topic. There's so many parts to it. But the good thing is there are um, some new things that um, are coming out. Like I know there's now a blood test where people can immediately find out if they had a brain injury. Uh, The problem is that you have to be taken to a hospital where they actually use that test. And the test has to be done within 12 hours of your injury. But I think that's a fantastic start. And then you mentioned the supplements. Mm -hmm. More doctors are really recognizing the importance of supplements, both for brain health and for physical health. Mm -hmm. And that can help you recover faster. Right. So I'm really glad that um, people are becoming more aware of those. Well, even when I went to my orthopedic visit, the, you know, like I was at the emergency room on a Tuesday night and Thursday morning, I was able to get in to see an orthopedist. And that's when they did more x-rays. But even he said the importance of making sure I had plenty of vitamin D3, that I was taking an omega-3 and that I had vitamin C you know, that I was using. And so I was pleasantly surprised, you know, that he didn't just say, okay, this is the protocol that we're going to follow. But he talked about nutrition and he talked about, oh, calcium, making sure that I was taking a calcium supplement to speed things along. And then I was using something that he didn't know anything about, but the physical therapist did. And that's what's called a pulsed electromagnetic um Uh, piece of equipment that's made in Germany. And it was speeding on a molecular level down in the capillaries. It was speeding healing at that level so that it could begin to nourish not only the bone, but the muscle all around it uh, for recovery. So I was fortunate in that I already know a lot of these things, but the average person going in doesn't even take any supplements. So um, that's, that's another feature. And some of the supplements, for example, vitamin D3 can help with depression. A lot of people have depression after brain injury. So right. yeah, I, I'm part of um, some Facebook TBI groups and, you know, they're constantly coming up with things that they've heard about or, you know, seen in the news or been told about their doctor. So there is really a lot of interest in it. But like you said, the average person has no clue. Well, they think they can get everything they need at the grocery store. And I wish that were true. And it probably was true 50 years ago for the most part, because the soil was enriched and and we didn't have the problems we have today. But now they're picking vegetables, you know, thousands of miles away and, and trucking them over to your local grocery store. And so the soil is different. The fact that they have to pick them prematurely um, is different than what my grandmother and my mother even, you know, had. So today it's even more important to look at supplementation. 
Yeah, and you said that people think they can get what they need at the grocery store. Well, they also think that their primary care physician can treat yes. them for everything. Yes, and they can. Yeah, they, um, when I worked at the clinic, we hosted so many medical students and psychiatry residents, and they all tell me they did not learn anything about traumatic brain injury in medical school which I find so shocking. So yeah, you really do have to find the right specialist. And in my book, in my course, I give links to all the different specialist organizations so people can click on there and put in their zip code and find the correct specialist near them. Mm -hmm. And how important is that? Because, I mean, you can't have a medical appointment that's, I don't know, if you were in Iowa and the closest person to you was in New York or in L.A., you know, you're going to have to fly and you're going to have to stay overnight even to get the initial consultation. And then maybe where you live, there's nobody that can treat you. Right. But one specialty that is, to me, the most important for uh, treating TBI is um, someone who is board certified in brain injury medicine. And as of the end of last year, there were only like 285 Physicians Board Certified in Brain Injury in the whole United States. Oh, and if you, if you divide that by 50 states, that's less than five per state. But I actually did a state-by-state -state search, and there are 12 states that have no doctor board certified in brain injury medicine. And now, you know that there's somebody in that state that has had at least one person and probably oh, hundreds. Yeah. So there are some neurologists and some physiatrists, that's different from psychiatrists, who specialize in treating brain injury medicine or brain injury. But actually, like most neurologists, for example, they specialize in dementia or epilepsy, but know nothing about TBI. The same with physiatrists. Most of them specialize in rehabilitating, rehabilitating disorders of the spine. So if you can't find a physician board certified in brain injury medicine near you, look for either a neurologist or a physiatrist. They also are in departments of physical medicine and rehabilitation, abbreviated PMR. But look at their website and make sure it specifically says that they, they work with TBI patients. Because I've seen so many medical records where a neurologist tells them, oh, nothing's wrong with you or I can't do anything for your headache because they just don't know. How sad is that? It's very sad. Hmm. So can as you can tell, us, I get all fired up when I'm yeah. talking about this. Right. Um, can you give us maybe, because um, we're going to be running out of time here, but give us one story that was a highlight for you? Okay, I can think of one. So there was a woman who, a young woman, she had three brothers. It was in a very competitive family. And so she went to a top college and upon graduation got a top job. And she was one of the youngest people and the only female to have the type of position she had. And she came home for a visit and was in a car accident. As most of the time, it didn't seem to be very serious. She flew back to her job that night, but the next day was having trouble performing it. And she just did not want to give it up. And she finally realized she had to, she couldn't perform her job. So after a lot of treatment later, she became a yoga teacher. And she realized that that was 
completely in line with her personality. She never really wanted to be this successful career-driven person. And although I wouldn't wish a brain injury on anyone, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to reinvent your life and live authentically. But the trick is that the patient has to accept that most of the time they're never going to be the same. And when they accept their new normal, then I always see a complete change. Um, they're just much happier. You know, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about families. So, you know, if you still have children at home and maybe it's one of the adults that has had the uh, traumatic brain injury, they have to also know how to relate to that person because that person's no longer the same mom right. or dad, or mm -hmm. maybe it's the spouse, you know, and, and maybe the person that was a highly driven competitive um, individual that now likes to do yoga or um, meditation. I mean, their personality shifts. So there's adjustments everywhere. It really does affect the whole family. That's for sure. Hmm. Um, well, so how can people get hold of you if they would like to engage you for maybe speaking to a group or consulting with you for, you know, where do I go for help? Yeah, they can email me at support at the TBI consultant.com. Okay. And um, that's just, um, there's a place there where they can email their question or their offering or whatever it might be. Yeah, I explained um, what my course is about. There's a link to my book and the different types of coaching and consulting that I do. Do you think that there is anything um, out there that kind of says it's increasing or is it just that our awareness is increasing? Well, that's an interesting question. Definitely our awareness is increasing, but like you mentioned, um, the inattention people, it just amazes me to see them walk through parking lot or across the street looking at their phone and never looking up to look at their surroundings. So, you know, it could be, both. You know, I mean, that is so true. I was noticing even at the airport, the number of individuals that had their phones, I'm sure they were trying to get the gate number or something like that, mm -hmm. but they were walking into other people. Right. And so, I mean, technically they could have all gone crashing down. Uh -huh. um, and certainly if you're walking in a parking lot, you might end up, you know, like if you're in the car and somebody is walking towards you, looking at their phone, it's up to both of you to be aware of the other person. Right. So it's just, it's fascinating. And then children anymore. I mean, you know, they never look where they're going. <laughs> They've always got mm -hmm. their phones. Um, so yeah, it's kind of crazy out there for sure. It definitely is. So please be careful, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are even potholes you can step into. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. uh, well, thank you again for being on the show. I really appreciate your time. And I hope everybody, um, you know, will go out and learn more about traumatic brain injuries and maybe what causes them. Um, be more aware of your surroundings, you know, watch and look for other people, other vehicles on the road. I mean, our awareness level has to go up on so many different levels, right? That's right, Lucy. And thank you so much. You're very welcome. Um, I hope everybody goes out there and makes this your best life. This is right before Christmas that uh, this show is airing. 
And so I hope everyone is having a wonderful holiday season with their family and their friends. And do go out there and make this your best life. We'll see you next time. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.